I hesitate as a libertarian to use that term because it does not mean the same thing that it does to most of the country. And the terminology that most people would use in its place that perhaps I should use seems to relegate my position strictly to the realm of personal morality and that is not right either. I am actually making some existential claims. It is in the libertarian Netherland that the majority of political discourse seems to ignore. And to be very clear, I think abortion is the taking of a life of a rights-bearing human being. The personhood discussion is, again, using terms from last week, spectacularly and poisonously stupid from the moment of conception. And some people might ask, why the moment of conception? There's some of you who might agree with me, except for that. You might think, you know, this falls into place at some other point, such as when the fetus has a heartbeat, brain waves, the ability to feel pain, or whatever other line you might draw. Now, the reason I believe this way is that the human being, like when we talk about human rights, the, the, the thing that possesses these rights is me. It's you. And there is an unbroken line of progression from who we are right now back to the conception event. And it is the only unbroken line. And that line is broken only just before the conception event. So then, if that is you in an unbroken line, and that is me, I said you, and I pointed at myself, but you get what I'm saying. If that is you, if that is me, even when we are only a couple of cells, that if left alone, will inevitably lead to the being that we are today, then it seems to me that waiting until we can actually demonstrate some ability, that is essentially defining human worth based upon ability. And that has devastating implications for those who are less than perfectly functioning. And we've seen this with the wanton destruction of fetuses with Down syndrome and other non-lethal abnormalities. And I just can't do that. I do not believe that the possession of human rights depends on abilities. Now, we may not yet be able to exercise our rights at all points in human development. And for some people, they're never in the full custodianship of their own rights. I had a mentally disabled aunt. She's now since passed away. But she was never in full custodianship of her own rights because she just never reached that level of confidence. But all such persons inherently possess those rights, regardless of their ability. Now, so far, many conservatives will be nodding along and doing amen, sister, you know, preach it until I say this. I don't believe abortion is always murder. And some might even agree with me and say, of course not. It's not murder when the actual life of the mother is actually in danger, like to the extent that they both can't live, that if she gives birth, she will die, or if she carries the fetus to term, she will die. And you can't expect the mother to die so that the fetus could live and in most of those circumstances they both would end up dying there isn't even a choice to save both of them it's save the mother or save none in most cases 
it's a vanishingly small minority that would think that a mother has to die in order for her fetus to live. But I am not, to be very clear, just referring to those situations. For instance, I don't think it is murder in the case of rape. If people have questions on that, I'd be more than glad to answer more fully. I don't think it's murder in the case uh, if the mother-to-be took what would be considered reasonable precautions in any other potentially lethal situation, such as the precautions you need to take when, fire, when firing a firearm. No, you can't fire into a building unless you are very sure it's empty. You need to take certain precautions. But let's say there was this woman. She took all the reasonable precautions and conception happened anyway. I do not believe it is murder in that case. I don't think it's murder in cases where there is genuine ignorance about how pregnancy happens or how pregnancy works. And unfortunately, that ignorance does still exist today. However, in all of those cases, except in cases where the mother would have to die or be grievously injured in order for her fetus to live, I still do believe it is an immoral taking of a human life, even though it is not murder. So, how do I square that circle? I will eventually tie this all together, hopefully in a neat little bow. You may not agree, but on this subject, sometimes, and unlike many subjects, I think we are doing great if we can at least understand each other and properly represent each other's positions. And I find this happens so rarely in this subject. But before we continue, I'd like to stop for a brief moment of shameless capitalism. Yay, capitalism. And I ask you, if you are in Douglas, Elbert, Arapahoe, Broomfield, Denver, Douglas, and Adams County, and, on our, and in our need of a real estate agent who provides service par excellence, excellence, did I say excellence, that you consider giving my husband, Wayne Harlos, of the Harlos Real Estate Team a call at 303 229-3435 or you can write him at wayne at harlosrealestateteam.com and even if you are not quite ready he will be more than happy to help you out I've seen him do that so many times likewise when somebody is actually in the process of a real estate transaction I've seen the time and dedication he gives to each of his clients representing both buyers and sellers Again, his contact information is 303-229-3435 or Wayne at harlosrealestateteam.com. So now, back to definitions. In saying that I am pro-life, I also differ from conservatives who use that label and that I do not believe that government should be involved in this matter at all. And some of you may say, well, bless your little anarchist heart. Of course you don't believe the government should be involved. You're an anarchist. You don't believe there should even be a government at all. And while that is true, and it makes me smile, to quibble, libertarian anarchists do not have an issue with the government. It is the state that they oppose. A belief in no rulers does not equal a belief in no rules. 
For instance, in an anarchist utopia, theft, murder, fraud, and a number of other aggressions would be prohibited and punished. It is the enforcement of rules that is the issue, not rules itself. So let me be clear for the reasons I will state. I do not believe a statist government or an anarchist rules enforcement agency should ever be involved in this matter. I have come to agree with the National Party's plank on the National I have come to agree with the National Libertarian Party's plank on abortion, which states, recognizing that abortion is a sensitive issue and that people can hold good faith views on all sides, we believe that government should be kept out of the matter, leaving the question to each person for their conscientious consideration. I didn't always agree with this plank. In fact, many people who find themselves in the Republican Party, but are not at all Republicans, but actually libertarians, find this one plank to be the sticking point that keeps them from joining the party. I'll say to you, if you agree 90% with the platform, the other sticking point often is immigration, and I'd never lie to you, we are open borders, but there is also a lot of nuance there, and you find yourselves abandoned by the Republican Party, don't let this one plank keep you away. All right, we shall continue on this after this station break. By now, you know how good CBD can be for you. But here are some things CBD can't help you with. Those annoying calls about your car's warranty expiring. Gay frogs or racist cows. Climate coaches or that undying devotion to Alex Jones. This has been a friendly reminder from your friends at 1360 KHNC, the roar of the Rockies. This is Carter, bail agent at ASAP Bail Bonds. We now have a radio show. Tune in every Sunday at 2 to 3 to learn the truth about bail. Feel free to give us a call anytime for free bail information. 970-378-7878. We want you to know the truth about the rise in crime. Tune in every Sunday at 2. Hi, this is Steve Pardue, Ramsey Auto Group. My partner, Mike Ramsey, and I, we're at 6310 West 10th Street, Greeley, Colorado. RamseyAG.com, 970-443-5654. We are the working man's friend. We are a Christian-based company, and we believe in taking care of our customers even more than selling a vehicle. Come see us anytime. We specialize in large trucks and SUVs, and we do recondition our cars to a fault. 970-443-5654, RamseyAG.com, Ramsey Auto Group. Hi, Amber with Two Girls in a Broom here. Hey, cleaning, we love it. Two Girls in a Broom LLC offering residential and commercial cleaning services in Fort Collins, Colorado and surrounding areas. Call us today, 719-216-1143. Providing basic clean, deep clean, wet cleans or Airbnb services. Let Two Girls in a Broom LLC do the work. We'll take care of you and all your cleaning needs. Call us today, 719-216-1143. will forget what it's like inside this Also, if you are interested in advertising on this program, I would greatly appreciate it. The rates are very reasonable, and I don't think you can doubt my passion. Doubting my sanity is, in fact, another thing. 
I would also like to take this opportunity to ask you to practice the libertarian principle of voluntary support. And in addition to kindly patronizing the businesses that do advertise here, if you get something meaningfully out of this program and my YouTube channel, please consider becoming a patron by pledging a monthly gift. There is bonus content and access to me for patrons as well as advertising at some levels on my almost daily YouTube show. You can support me by signing up at, I'm going to give you the whole address so it doesn't mess things up, which is the HTTPS colon forward slash www.patreon.com forward slash pink flame of liberty. Patreon, if you don't know, is a crowdfunding site to support independent content creators in their work so that you can break free from the big media, crappy, croniest corporate junk. You know, how else can I put it? I would appreciate your support more than you know. Again, to contact me, it is pinkflameofliberty at gmail.com. And to become a monthly pledger, it is patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash pinkflameofliberty. So that I can, well, keep bringing my milkshake to the yard. Sorry, <laughs> that is an old song reference. You can also use that email address to get in touch with me to advertise on this program. Again, it would be my honor to promote your business or product, even any other cause that you may have, as long as it is liberty-oriented. So now back to the topic. When the Republicans controlled all three branches of government, they did nothing to outlaw abortion which I assume is what you want, or at least you want it to be partially outlawed. But they never will. So really, are you staying in a party for hypocritical lip service on an issue that you really care about? I mean, really? You may not like the LP plank, but at least they're not hypocrites about it, and there is something to be said for that. They mean and do what they say. Abortion is a wedge issue that is just political theater. I ask you to refuse to play that game. Laws may move a little here or there, but until the culture changes, it will never be illegal. And you just simply need to deal with that fact. And stop having your views used as a pawn for all kinds of other atrocities that actually are happening and that you can actually do something to get rid of. Don't be used over this hot potato. Refuse to throw the potato. Just put it down or butter it up and eat it. Now I'm hungry. That sounds delicious. Which is probably highly inappropriate in talking about abortion. As an aside, though, I don't think that the LP should even have a plank on abortion, to be honest with you. And in the past, I have worked to get it deleted for all the same reasons I said here. It divides the Libertarian Party the way it divides the country. About one-third of the party is what you would think of as traditionally pro-life, laws and all. Another third is like me, and the remaining third don't find it immoral at all and would be closer to the traditional Democrat pro-choice views. Now, when I first joined the party, I originally disagreed with that plank because I thought it was functionally pro-choice while pretending to be neutral. And... In some sense, to be fair, that is true, but only to a point. 
and the point at which it isn't, I think is a nuance that gets lost, even upon many Libertarian Party members. So let's take a look at that. The traditional pro-choice view holds more than just the idea that the government should be left out of the matter. It has a reason, a fundamental existential reason why the government should be kept out of the matter. And that is because the woman has an unqualified or mostly unqualified right to abortion. But the Libertarian Party platform plank on abortion says absolutely nothing about unqualified or mostly unqualified rights. It says nothing about why the government should be kept out of the matter, except implying that it is because people are too divided and they are divided in good faith over the issue. It does not recognize a right to an abortion at all. While you might think that saying government should be kept out of the matter absolutely entails the fact that there is a right to abortion, because only a right would cause a statement that the state should keep its paws off of it, there are other very legitimate reasons to think that. And it is this mistaken idea that I think leads to very, very bad arguments over this issue between libertarians themselves. And that is where I want to turn to next. And even if you are not yet a libertarian, notice I said yet, I'm very hopeful, hope springs eternal. Hearing me critique the arguments on both sides of the issue, I think will give you a better understanding of the libertarian mind, not just on this issue, but also on many other issues. A pivotal book in the American libertarian movement was authored by Dr. John Hospers, and it was called um, Libertarianism, A Political Philosophy for Tomorrow. And that book was like a very big deal in the early Libertarian Party in the 1970s. The 50th anniversary of that book happened this year, and a tribute book is being released this month. And I'm honored to have two essays published in that book. One of them is about my historical work with the Libertarian Party, but the other is on the subject at hand. And I'm going to present the article to you here, and it's entitled, an essentially libertarian view of abortion is neither conservative nor progressive. So are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Despite the rhetoric from the extreme polls of this debate, there is no clear-cut answer on abortion. Hate to tell you, don't hate to tell you, sorry not sorry, there isn't. And for most of the cases, it will always lie solely in the hand of morality. Libertarianism does not deal in broad morality. It deals in a then-intersected subset of morality, justice. That being said, however, there are clear guidelines for the libertarian to come to his or her own position, and it differs radically from the conservative and progressive viewpoints. And I just noticed that the editor of my article this is, I, I stumbled over some words here. I edited that part out, but they changed his or her to her or his. And that bugs me. I don't like this weird politically correct thing where you say he and they think you mean only men. I have, whatever, it, that's what made me stumble. Her or his just does not sound right. It's his or her. 
But that being said, continuing, since there are presently so few second generation libertarians, most of us who are libertarians have come from either the progressive left or the conservative right. I came from the conservative right. As I said, you know, I was at the time very involved in what I would characterize as a very fundamentalist subset of Christianity, which was the Calvary Chapel movement. And at least at the Calvary Chapel I went to, which was in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, when you accepted Jesus into your heart, you also accepted the Republican Party into your heart. But the values of that dichotomy of the progressive left or the conservative right do not translate well into this issue for an essentially libertarian argument. The progressive leftist concentrates on the bodily autonomy of the woman, and the conservative rightist focuses on the humanity of the fetus. But a libertarian can equally concede both sides, the bodily autonomy of the woman and the humanity of the fetus, without coming anywhere remotely close to a libertarian answer. And I want libertarians to start arguing like libertarians. Both sides admit that the involved woman is a fully autonomous, rights-bearing individual. Unfortunately, though, some libertarians will try to argue, using progressive talking points, that the fetus is not a quote-unquote person. And I believe that does great damage to a coherent theory of human rights, as I said before. An essentially libertarian view can and should accept both premises, those premises being the full humanity of the fetus and the bodily autonomy of the woman. However, contrary to the conservative assertion, the full personhood of the fetus does not necessarily lead to a position of abortion prohibition, nor does it prove that abortion is a murder in an essentially libertarian view. So when we get back from the break, we will examine the issue, talking about these two premises as a given. Again, the mother is a fully autonomous human being over her own body, and the fetus is a fully rights-bearing human being with a right to life. We're going to do this in light of both the conservative and progressive arguments to try to come to at least some basic understanding of the framework for an essentially libertarian argument. But before we go to break, I would like to talk to you a little bit about an alternative voting system that would help transform our country, and that is approval voting. Approval voting moves us beyond two-party thinking. It leads to fewer spoilers. Voters can vote for both a candidate that they really like who has no chance of winning and also a more popular candidate who does have a chance of winning. It will lead to more civility. When a group of friends want to stay friends and are trying to decide on something, like a restaurant or movie, they often use a show of hands. And what is that? That is approval voting. It will also lead to less polarization. The voter is not forced to focus on only two candidates. It will move us beyond two-party thinking. And I thank Frank Atwood so much for his activism in this regard and for becoming a sponsor of the show. I appreciate it, Frank, more than you can know. All right, 
I will see you again after this station break. Hey, Brian, what do you know about fascism? Well, it's a totalitarian regime that exalts the collective above individual rights. You mean like my individual right to decide what's injected into my body? Indeed. Fascists tend to vilify a select group of people while promoting racism and suppressing the opposition. They also like to exert governmental control over the marketplace. Well, that sounds familiar. Yeah. A telling sign of fascism is the public-private partnerships where private businesses partner with the government. You mean like what's happening here in Larimer County? What's that? Well, the Larimer County Health Department has offered businesses a way out of the county mask mandate that they implemented if the business partners with the government to become a vaccine-verified facility. Which means that these businesses can exempt from enforcing the mask mandate if they implement the vaccine passport system. Come join us in protest November 1st, 10 a.m. to noon. This will take place next to the Larimer County Health Department, 1525 Blue Spruce Drive, Fort Collins, Colorado. Speaking at the event will be Del Bigtree with The High Wire, journalist and political commentator Michelle Mulkin, and Kevin Jenkins with the Urban Global Health Alliance. This is a peaceful protest. Dress warm, bring water or thermos, noisemakers and signs. See you there. Hey. Hey. Yes, you. Yes, you. Be sure to listen to Fake in the Truth, where Jason and Brian will bring you social media level fakeness Monday through Thursdays at 3 p.m., right here on KHNC 1360 AM and 1360KHNC.com. When dealing with a worldwide pandemic, remember to avoid, distance, and alienate yourself from friends, family, and neighbors. That way, when the crisis is over, no one will ask you to help them move, to borrow money, or bother you for a cup of sugar ever again. After all, who needs community anyway? This has been a public service announcement have a lonely, I mean lovely day. This is Bucky Dillon, and the Liberty Revolt is back, founded on strategies to engage in the culture war and to develop a better understanding of political philosophy, policies, and their ramifications. So don't miss the Liberty Revolt Saturdays from 5 to 6 p.m. on 1360 KHNC. start with what I would call being against a libertarian position using progressive talking points, which happens unfortunately very often. Such a libertarian will argue that the fetus is akin to a parasite and that no person can be forced to sustain the life of another person. While this is in fact generally true, not the parasite part, that's disgusting, but the fact that a person cannot be forced to sustain the life of another, it's not in fact absolutely true. In what other situations might someone be forced to provide support for the life of another person? How about when that person is the cause of placing another person in a dependent position without their consent? The whole field of tort law rests on such a premise. If someone negligently harms another, that victim is entitled to damages. This is so essential to a libertarian view of justice that it cannot be denied without destroying libertarianism itself. The article that opened my eyes to this fact, and the title of the article just is horrifying that should it even ever be stated is called Against Egoistic Libertarian Baby Starving. I suggest that every libertarian Google that and go and read the article. 
but I also want to argue against a libertarian position using conservative talking points. A libertarian relying upon typically conservative points will cry, but it's an innocent life. You cannot take an innocent life or it's murder. But is that precisely true? Well, how about this? If a gunman is trying to unjustly murder you and takes a human shield in the process and the only way you can live is to fire back, possibly killing the human shield, are you required to meekly die for that person? You didn't place that third party in that position. Their death is caused by the gunman, no matter who fires the fatal bullet. The thought experiment of the famous violinist that is used in the abortion date is also very apropos here. It, in short, postulates this example, this thought experience, or thought experiment, actually. One day, you find yourself hooked up to a famous violinist who is completely innocent of any aggression against you, nor you against him. And he needs a constant blood transfusion from you in order to live due to a temporary but fatal disorder. It will only take nine months. Neither you nor the violinist asked for this to be done, but here you both are. And if you disconnect him, he will die. Are you obligated in a libertarian theory of justice to sustain his life? No, you are not. Thus the idea that the taking of an innocent life automatically and immediately entails murder is defeated. So what might we draw from these arguments? A libertarian argument for or against abortion must rely on elements very similar to a case of tort law and not contract law, as others have claimed. It is directly on point to tort law, and so few libertarians argue this way, and it's very frustrating to me. So element one in tort law, responsibility. Except in cases of sexual coercion or an inability to consent, the woman and her sexual partner are directly responsible for the helpless position of the fetus. If there is coercion or an inability to consent, the abortion question is answered. No matter how tragic, the woman has no obligation, no justice obligation, to sustain the life of the fetus and can justly abort. Whether or not she should do that is in the province of morality and not the purview of libertarianism, which is a political and social view of justice. Element two, mitigation. Assuming a competent woman and a consensual sexual experience, is she automatically on the hook to carry a pregnancy to term? No. Everything in life has risks. And considering how essential sexuality is to the fundamental human experience, it is simply out of the question to insist people should not have sex unless they are willing to become parents, whether they want to or not. That is as nonsensical as saying you cannot own a gun unless you are 100% ready to be convicted of murder in every case in which your weapon is the cause of another's death in a freak accident or other unintended and non-negligent mischief. When dealing with risk, 
we have a duty to mitigate risk. As I said earlier, if you fire a gun into a building, you have an obligation to reasonably make sure that the building is empty. And the key word is reasonably. You cannot be expected to be charged as a murderer if you did not know nor should have known that there was a secret tunnel into this abandoned building that someone was exiting in the exact area and at the exact time you fired at your target. Could that happen? Sure. But we only owe a reasonable duty. So what about a woman who faithfully takes reliable birth control pursuant to the instructions for it so that it typically has an over 99% effective rate, but she gets pregnant anyway. Is she culpable? She did everything she could to reasonably prevent pregnancy, and it happened anyway, against her express wishes and against her bodily autonomy. I would be hard-pressed to make a libertarian case that she should be forced to carry to term lest she be considered a murderer under a theory of justice. Now, very few cases are that clear-cut. But where is the line drawn? That is where the difficult work of libertarian jurisprudence is done, and it is very, very situation-dependent. The extent of the alienability of bodily freedom is also entailed. Most libertarians acknowledge that specific performance is not a valid remedy for negligence, nor is it in the related area of contract law. So this gets to the question, should we even go there? Should we even be having to examine all of these in the cases of a woman who wants to abort? And as I said, I laid my cards on the table. I believe abortion is an evil, except in cases of sexual coercion or incompetence. And even in those cases, as I said before, unless the life of the mother is in danger, I believe that the moral thing, the right thing to do is to choose life. But that is not required by strict libertarian justice. However, in all of those cases, I do not believe or trust that the government is in any position to make these determinations, and that would include even an anarchist, some kind of anarchist, you know, legal rights protection agency. The intrusion into the most private details of life and sexuality would cause rights violations on such a large scale that the cure would be worse than the disease and would necessitate that each miscarriage be a potential murder investigation and I cannot imagine putting people through that. I wouldn't want to live in that world. And honestly, I worry for you if you would want to live in that world. Unfortunately, life is not always fair. Not every wrong has a right. And justice cannot victimize the people who have done nothing wrong for the sake of, of innocent others just because there could be people who have done wrong. But whatever you do in a libertarian argument, do not presume that asserting the autonomy of the woman or the humanity of the fetus answers the abortion question because as a libertarian, neither presumption does. And we need to stop arguing like that. 
it is shallow, it is vapid. Let's get into the actual deeper questions here. But in any event, even getting into those questions, I at least agree with you that the government is in no place to make these determinations. Look how much they screw up everything else. So I hope you found that at least thought-provoking, and I really, really would love to hear your comments. So now I would like to move on to another topic, and we probably will not be able to delve into it into too much depth. There's actually a couple things that I would like to um, get into, but let's see, let's see how much time we have. So that topic is what should now a libertarian view be on, and this is just totally different from abortion, Texas Governor Greg Abbott's banning private business from requiring vaccine mandates. I'm probably going to get into this a lot more interacting with a, another libertarian commenter that I respect so much, and that is Dave Smith. He does a podcast that's also on YouTube called Part of the Problem, and I cannot recommend it highly enough. Please go like, subscribe, do all the things. I listen to it regularly. Another one that I would highly, highly recommend to you is Tom Woods. Go to those. Those are both podcasts and YouTube channels if you prefer to consume your content there and support them. Now, our instinct as conservatives or libertarians, I think when we heard that Greg Abbott banned private businesses from requiring vaccine mandates was to cheer. That was my first instinct. But looking at this in sterile isolation, without all the complications of the world, which we will get into, look into it that way, just in a strict libertarian view, how is this objectively better from its opposite? And this is where I do disagree with Dave Smith's recent commentary on this. And I, respect, and I respectfully disagree with him. How is this better in a libertarian context from having vaccine mandates when they have more than 100 employees, as President Joe Biden has done. All right, everyone, we will continue with this after this station break. Does this corrupt monetary system give you a whack to the head or a poke in the eye? Call Patriot Trading Group at 800-951-0592. That's 800-951-0592. Don't be a stooge. Buy gold and silver today. Hi, folks. I'm James Morgan, a realtor with Grisham & Associates, LLC. I know it must seem like there's a million realtors out there making all kinds of promises. Want to hear my big marketing promise? I promise honest and fair dealings with all those I do business with. That may sound old-fashioned, and it is not very catchy, but it is true. I am your Colorado real estate specialist. Farm, land, mountain cabins, or urban dwellings. When you work with my team, we'll get the right property for you and be upfront and honest with you every step of the way. Over the years, my clients have told me just that fact alone separates us from others in the industry. If you are considering buying or selling real estate, 
call me, James Morgan, at 720-203-0731 or visit my website at coloradoproperties.online. No catchy slogan, just a client-first, honest real estate experience. Hit it, girls. Keep listening to the American Freedom Network. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners, family-owned and operated since 1970. We use the latest non-toxic green cleaning systems and state-of-the-art tensioning units to assure a quality and consistent finish. Located in Severance and Fort Collins, from wedding gowns to sleeping bags, we do it all. For info and directions, call us at 970-775-0623. Again, 970-775-0623. Welcome back, everyone, and I'll just quickly remind you of my email address, pinkflameofliberty at gmail.com, and you can also interact in chat with me live on these topics right now at youtube.com forward slash pinkflameofliberty. Let me get right out front what my position on vaccines is in general, and no matter what I say here, I am going to irritate somebody. But I've already irritated, I'm sure, a lot of people with the abortion discussion. So why not? Let's head into vaccines and chemtrails. No, we're not going to do chemtrails, but we will do vaccines. I am not anti-vaccination. Quite the contrary. My usual response to hearing of a new vaccine is, take my money, please. But that's not my response here. Why? First of all, this is not a traditional vaccine. I understand traditional vaccines and they make a horse, they make it like a really basic kind of horse sense. They were invented by pretty much basic observations that milkmaids do not get smallpox because they already had cowpox. This new vaccine science does not work by the same precepts and honestly, I don't fully understand it, and it appears to me, though I know this is disputed by so many, that it's a form of gene therapy. I'm not stupid. I'm not scientifically illiterate, but I don't yet, and I say yet, understand it. So I'm cautious. We frankly have no idea of the long-term effects, but equally honestly, it's not ever fully possible to know the long-term effects of anything, but at least we can know some of them. I was just watching this YouTube show and it was fascinating about how there's this English village where nobody there came down with HIV. And it turned out that centuries ago, their ancestors in, the, in this village, the descendants of people just lived there Year, you know, generation after generation. They weren't very mobile. And way back in their history, their ancestors survived the Black Plague. And that somehow gave them an odd resistance to AIDS. This is just an interesting example of how we do not know the effects of things. And the domino, one thing leads to another, leads to another. This is all what's often called the butterfly effect. If you don't know what that is, I'm going to read to you, because this is fascinating to me, I love it, what Wikipedia says. In chaos theory, the butterfly effect is the sensitive dependence on initial conditions in which a small change in one state of a deterministic, nonlinear system can result in large differences in a later state. The term is closely associated 
with the work of mathematician and meteorologist Edward Lorenz. He noted that butterfly effect is derived from the metaphorical example of the details of a tornado. The exact time of formation, the exact path taken, being influenced by minor perturbations such as a distant butterfly flapping its wings several weeks earlier. Lorenz discovered the effect when he observed runs of his weather model with initial condition data that were rounded in a seemingly inconsequential manner. He noted that the weather model would fail to reproduce the results of runs with the unrounded initial condition data. A very small change in initial conditions had created a significantly different outcome. The idea that small causes may have a large effects in weather was earlier recognized. And I'm not going to give these names because they are French names and I will mangle them and I do not wish to do that. The butterfly effect concept has since been used outside the context of weather science as a broad term for any situation where a small change is supposed to be the cause of larger consequences. We do not know what this small change may cause later. So continuing with something we may have heard before, that's an example of the butterfly effect, is this little saying, for want of a nail the shoe was lost, for want of a shoe the horse was lost, for want of a horse the rider was lost, for want of a rider the message was lost, for want of a message the battle was lost, for want of a battle the kingdom was, was lost. But that's not the ultimate reason for why I am not presently vaccinated. My reasons are pure oppositional defiance disorder, jokingly so, but I am appalled disgusted in every other pertinent adjective of the hubris of politicians thinking that they get to order people to permanently alter their bodies or at least possibly permanently alter their bodies. It is a choice. It should always be a choice. For those who say you don't have the right to infect other people, I agree. But you also do not have the right to assume someone is a sick carrier without proof. We have something in this country called the presumption of innocence. Perhaps you heard of it. I'm speaking somewhat sarcastically here. I know, of course, you have. No one is guilty of being typhoid Mary until proven so. I wrote this plank here that I'm going to read next for the Libertarian Party of Colorado platform on health care. It says, at least I'm just going to give you the part that I wrote. We oppose any government mandating or denying treatments or vaccines. Individuals have a presumption of health and should not have to prove they are healthy in order to avoid forced quarantine, isolation, or other restrictions of their rights and freedom. I also assisted in writing this additional part that's part of another plank, but it is related, that individual liberties must never be suspended or curtailed, rather based on circumstances of war, contagion, natural disaster, or any other pretense. We all have a rebuttable presumption of health. Reality may bite, but the reality is that we live in biological bodies and in a biological world in which viruses exist. You have no right to be perfectly safe and protected. But there are rights you have that is impacted by Greg Abbott's mandate to say you can't mandate and that is our freedom of association this will come from the national libertarian party plank and i absolutely agree with it the right to contract 
and that's what business is, includes the right not to contract for any reason. Individuals and business owners retain their rights and privileges to set their own standards of association in terms of voluntary interaction. Other individuals and business owners are free to respond with ostracism, boycotts, and other free market solutions. These are basic human rights. To force people to associate on grounds that they do not wish to is slavery. And that also right, that, that also includes that right also extends to people who don't wish to associate with unvaccinated people. I know the whole government is mandating things, so we have to question whether or not that was a free choice. But we do have to consider this right. Now, I'm perfectly fine with any governor saying, you do not need to obey Joe Biden's fascist mandate. But I have a big libertarian problem with saying that you can't make it a requirement if you choose to. Though I guess, you know, here we do have to question whether there is some kind of fear that you will be prosecuted by the federal government. And we do need to consider whether the state and when I say the state, this time I mean like the individual states, you know, Florida, Georgia, Texas, whatever, I'm just naming states, would in fact protect you from government prosecution. But I absolutely do think that it is not libertarian to say that it's okay to say you can't mandate that. This right, <clears throat> this freedom of association right includes placing what others may think are grossly onerous requirements on people in order to associate with them. What cannot happen is the government imposing that you must, but banning them is also a violation. They don't have to be morally equal, which is the claim I hear. The fact that one is more wrong than the other is equally irrelevant. You don't get to horse trade other people's rights or weigh them because you're making a value calculation that you do not have the knowledge nor the right to make. The correct vehicle to make this value calculation is the free market, but both mandating and banning stop that natural process from happening. I realize this isn't an easy issue, but we're in that we're dealing with differing power levels, state versus federal, and one is a reaction to the other. But what Greg Abbott doing, I believe, is only worsening the situation and legitimizing rights violations. And libertarians are not serving the ultimate cause of liberty and supporting one because saying it ultimately, in their view, serves more liberty. I do believe in baby steps, but baby steps must only be in the right direction and cannot initiate fresh aggression. I realize that's not always possible, but we need to at least try to find every way possible, or at least be very clear in explaining the libertarian position on this issue and the rights that people have, even to do things that we may find repulsive, such as requiring that customers and employees be vaccinated. Preserving human rights by violating human rights just will not do. That reminds me of George Bush when he said something to the extent of I'm going to violate the free market or destroy the free market to save the free market. You just cannot do that. The fact is we all have rights. The freedom of association includes the freedom to say I want only 
um, unvaccinated people or I want only vaccinated people or I don't care one way or another. Asking the government to intrude upon this is like inviting a vampire into your home. They may be there at first serving your purposes, but later they will turn against you. Do not give government the power to do something that will definitely later be used in a way that you do not like. You cannot protest Joe Biden's, again, fascist vaccine mandate by turning around and making maybe not a morally equal fascist mandate that you can't mandate vaccines. That might seem like a good result then, but it violates a basic principle. And if we do not live by principles, what in fact do we live by? Like I said last time, freedom, like Aslan, is not a tame lion. And if we want our freedom, we have to honor the freedom of others. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in again or watching on YouTube. I look forward to talking to you next week. And until then, you have an awesome week. Hi, folks. The Rev here. The Hunting and Sportsman's Gun Show is Northern Colorado's premier event in 2021. These shows feature dozens of vendors that guarantee the best selection of guns and ammo in Northern Colorado. From the Loveland Outlet Malls to Island Grove Park in Greeley. For show dates, locations, or table reservations, visit PEShows.com. That's PEShows.com. While you're out, visit Harsh Outdoors at 600 Oak Avenue in Eaton. They carry a full line of ATVs, UTVs, mowers, trimmers, sprayers, and chainsaws from Husqvarna, DR, Generac, and EasyGo. Whether you have half an acre or a thousand, they carry the equipment you need. They also have a full-line gun store with lots of firearms, ammo, safes, and accessories. Check out HarshOutdoors.com. That's HarshOutdoors.com. Backyard or back 40, Harsh Outdoors has you covered. Due to the responses to our Ostrafarian CBD commercial, here's a message from Arnold. I don't know what the big deal is. I just try to use a little accent and sell some CBD and people get all upset at me. I just want to sell CBD. Buy CBD now. Now. Buy it now. To buy or find my kind CBD products, just go to the website, 1360khnc.com. Click on the shop. Let me see your identification. You don't need to see his identification. We don't need to see his identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. He can go about his business. You're listening to The Roar of the Rockies, KHNC, 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins.